MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is My Guys in the Desert with Stormy Bonantoni on VSIN, the sports betting network. It's a great day to have a great day, so let's make it one as we welcome you into My Guys in the Desert. Stormy Bonantoni with you for the next hour live from Circus Sportsbook in downtown Las Vegas. Super Bowl Sunday, just days away, so plenty to cover there. Dwayne Colucci of the Rampart Racing Sportsbook will join us in just a few moments to give us the latest on the line and handle for the big game. Also plenty of NHL college hoops and NBA action to get into. So let's start there as we hit on our top five stories you need to know, things that impact us as betters. Speculation and rumors no more. The Brooklyn Nets did the deed. James Harden is on his way to the Philadelphia 76ers at the trade deadline for Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, and two first-round picks. Books clearly seeing the value of Harden teaming up with MVP favorite Joel Embiid, adjusting their title odds from 12-1 to to plus 700, vaulting up to fourth on the odds board, same value as defending champion Milwaukee. Brooklyn does remain the odds-on favorite to win it all this year, but went from plus 320 to plus 370. And after all of the drama to get him there, Harden, Kevin Durant, and Kyrie Irving played just 16 games and 364 minutes altogether, according to NBA stats. Nets are plus one at the Wizards tonight. Total 217 and a half as they look to end a nine-game skid. Other notable players on the move today, though. Kristaps Porzingis was traded to the Washington Wizards. Spencer Dinwiddie is now a Dallas Maverick. Detroit landed Marvin Bagley III. Serge Ibaka to the Bucks. Got Thaddeus Young to the Raptors. The Spurs traded for Goran Dragic. Derek White heads out to Boston. And Montrez Harold will team up with LaMelo Ball in the Queen City of Charlotte. But in the NHL, some news. The Edmonton Oilers fired their head coach Dave Tippett following back-to-back blowout losses to the Vegas Golden Knights and Chicago Blackhawks. This is a team that started the year 16-5 before dropping 13 games in a 15-game span. Seems like going into the All-Star break, they might have turned a corner. Evidently not. Jay Woodcroft has been promoted in the interim from the AHL club to lead the way as Edmonton back in action Friday hosting the New York Islanders. They're 10 to 1 to win the Pacific, fifth in the division standings as of now, 40 to 1 to win the Cup. Tippett, the seventh NHL coach fired this year and the second in the last 48 hours, Dominique Ducharme out in Montreal. And the Canadians are in action tonight themselves against the Caps as plus 170 dogs. In the MLB, Commissioner Rob Manfred confirmed Thursday that owners and players have agreed to instituting the universal designated hitter. It won't become official until the new CBA is put in place, but writing's been on the wall for a while now. The DH would be arriving in the National League rulebook for 2022. Manfred also said despite the lengthy lockout, he expects the season to begin on time. And there's been no change for the scheduled start of spring training. We are just 16 days out. February 26th will come up fast, so we shall see. 
The Athletics' Jeff Zriebeck believes it no longer feels like a given that the Ravens will extend quarterback Lamar Jackson before training camp. Jackson's reportedly spoken with the team five or six times about a new deal, but Zriebeck says there's obviously a gap that exists with regards to the state of those contract talks. Ravens GM Eric DaCosta said Jackson's comfortable with where both sides are at in the negotiation, suggesting it's possible he plays this season under his fifth-year option if the Ravens are unwilling to meet his $40 million per year asking price. The one year would be 23. Ravens 18 to 1 to win the Super Bowl next year, eighth on the odds board. But let's talk about this year's Super Bowl because we do have some injury updates ahead of Super Bowl 56. Rams tight end Tyler Higby dealing with an MCL sprain didn't practice Wednesday. Not a huge surprise though, given Sean McVay's words on Monday sounding a bit pessimistic about his status. Wide receiver Van Jefferson available but limited at practice yesterday. He's been limited all postseason though, really, is yet to miss a game. And in the running back room, Cam Akers also limited dealing with that shoulder injury he sustained in the NFC Championship. McVay said today they plan to utilize a good three-back rotation based on how the game unfolds. We know Daryl Henderson coming back from the injured reserve list, and we saw Sony Michelle with an increase in touches last game. To get the latest, though, on the line for the big game, where the money is going, let's welcome in our guy Dwayne Colucci, race and sportsbook manager over at the Rampart. How you doing, Dwayne? Doing well, Stormy. How about yourself? Doing great. Thank you for asking. I appreciate it. And now I got to ask you where the numbers are at for Super Bowl 56 on Sunday. Have we seen any movement? And where's the majority of the bets going? Okay, well, we're sitting at the Rampart in South Point at Rams minus four and 48 and a half, Stormy. So uh, we did move down from four and a half earlier in the week down to four. We're seeing some great two-way action, a lot of proposition bets. That's what's been the focal point on this Super Bowl thus far at the Rampart and South Point. You know, uh, the ticket count is uh, very close, very close right now, as is the handle. So I'm anticipating a lot of big action come Friday, Saturday, and naturally Sunday leading up to this Super Bowl. It's going to be a great, great game. But uh, we're seeing some good two-way stormy, and we did move down from four and a half to minus four earlier in the week. I'm sure for the book you like to see that no great liability on one side, but like you said, the props are getting a lot of the action with that 19-page document you guys have over there at the Rampart (laughs) in South Point. What are some of the, the props that you're seeing the most money come in on? Yeah, it's always a lot of fun when you got 19 pages, Stormy. But we're seeing a lot of action on the sacks. Rams over three and a half sacks. Total sacks as well over five and a half for both teams combined. We're seeing some action on that. Also, we are seeing a prop that we opened at plus 220 that the longest field goal would supersede the points in the game. And now that is bet down to only plus 140. So a lot of action that the field goal will actually be longer than the total points that are scored in this game. Also, we're having some good two-way action on the first half points as opposed to the second half and overtime points. Great two-way action on that proposition. Also, we're seeing some action on roughing the passer. Uh, Yes, on that. But those are most of the props, other than the alternate point spread props, which we're seeing phenomenal action. Naturally, people are betting on Cincinnati laying the points and the Rams laying more points. So they increase basically their payoff because, you know, with the Rams minus 14 and a half, for example, Stormy, we're sitting at plus 330 on that. And the public feels that if it's going to be a blowout, they'd rather lay more points and get the three to one plus 
as opposed to just the minus 105 vigorish that we are offering at the Rampart and South Point, which is another fabulous deal for straight bets on the sides. You only have to lay 105 as opposed to the minus 110 standard. So we're really ramping up the propositions and also the deals and offers that we have at the Rampart and South Point. Naturally, to score the first touchdown is always very popular, as well as MVP. And we're getting a lot of Cooper Cup from the Rams side, a lot of Chase on the Cincinnati side. And uh, it's just going to be a fabulous, fabulous game, in my opinion. No doubt. I'm one of the many people on Cooper Cup over his yardage. I feel like no matter how high you set the prop, I'm still out there betting it. Um, with regards to the overall handle that you guys expect to see for this Super Bowl, like where does the Super Bowl rank in general of the big events that people are betting on? I feel like March Madness and the Super Bowl are the two big ones, right? Yeah, definitely, Stormy. You hit the nail on the head. Those are the two big bread and butter uh, weekends, basically, and weeks for the Rampart and South Point, especially the Super Bowl. You know, it's unmatched. It's unrivaled. It's just an amazing time of the year. You have all these propositions. Uh, and you know what I say? Always you just get those general public people that are drawn in by the Super Bowl and normal, you know, uh, older ladies that we have come out of the bingo parlor at the Rampart and they bet on the Super Bowl, whereas they won't bet on other sporting events. You know, maybe the Kentucky Derby and naturally the opening weekend of the tournament is huge. Uh, when you hit upon March Madness, you get that whole opening week of Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. The handle is just massive. And we get a lot of people that commute out here to Las Vegas from other states to enjoy that tournament and that atmosphere. So they are definitely the two biggest events from the horse racing side. Hopefully, if we could get a paramutual contract this year, the Kentucky Derby will be back on the map. And those are usually the three biggest events that we do have in the race and sports industry. But I will say the Super Bowl is always the biggest. I mean, I feel like you've been talking to my mom. She loves her bingo and she loves her Super Bowl prop cards. So we're just putting it all together. But hey, what a crazy week it is with the Super Bowl also coinciding with the NBA trade deadline. Obviously, the big news today, James Harden no longer a net. He's going over to the 76ers. Ben Simmons moving on as well. Um, just from a betting standpoint, not only a futures uh, look at this, but a game-to-game -game basis, what's the impact of a trade like this from your guys' vantage point? Well, it's definitely very impactful, especially, I believe, for the Philadelphia 76ers. Now you add James Harden onto your roster, whereas Ben Simmons was just you know, basically sitting out the season. So I think it was important that they made that trade and they actually got a very high-quality player. Now, you know, some people will say, you know, you give up uh, Simmons, you give up Curry, uh, Drummond, you know, this could be, uh, you know, in the long haul, definitely take its toll. But I believe the 76ers definitely improved their chances. You have a superb outside shooter now in James Harden, who also could run the point, facilitate, take it to the hole. And it just complements Joel Embiid so well. On the other side, you know, they're still there without Durant. You have Kyrie with the uh, COVID issues. And now you add a player who really didn't play and practice much of the season, it's even more pressure on the Brooklyn Nets. So we will definitely make adjustments from my side of the counter stormy on the Philadelphia 76ers in that tight, tight Eastern Conference. You see how close it is, how the standings are. Very little separates first and uh, through fifth or sixth. So this definitely is going to be impactful. I want to see how Ben Simmons returns to action, if he's fully healthy, if he does, you know, has some rust and has to shake that off. 
And James Harden, I believe, will make an immediate impact once he returns to the Philadelphia lineup and will just complement Embiid so well. Well, we'll have to check in with you again once we see these guys in action on the court with their respective new teams. Dwayne Colucci, thank you for the time. We appreciate you. Uh, always, Stormy. Thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure. Love having Dwayne Colucci on race and sportsbook manager over at the Rampart. And as we're talking about those numbers at the Rampart and South Point, come join me and our guys, Jimmy, Vinny, Chris Andrews at the South Point this Friday for betting and beers. We're breaking down the big game, talking all things Super Bowl memories, what you need to know for this year's Super Bowl, how to bet it and why you won't want to miss it. That's Friday at 6 p.m. More to come. Jonathan Jones of CBS Sports uh, on the other side. to my guys in the desert with Stormy Bonantoni on VSIN, the sports betting network. Rolling along here on My Guys in the Desert, this segment presented by Zen Nicotine Pouches, a fresh way to enjoy nicotine without all the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. No more smelling like an ashtray, no more spit cups, no batteries to charge or leaky equipment to deal with. Zen Nicotine Pouches are smoke-free, they're spit-free, and available in 10 varieties like spearmint, wintergreen, citrus, and more. Plus, for your convenience, every variety now comes in two strengths, so you can easily find the satisfaction level that works for you. Zen, it's America's number one nicotine pouch, available in over 100,000 locations nationwide, so it's never been easier to find your Zin. Head on over to Zin.com slash find to locate a store near you at ZYN.com slash F-I-N-D. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Stormy Tony with you live from Circus Sportsbook in downtown Las Vegas. Super excited as we continue our Super Bowl 56 conversation. The welcome in Jonathan Jones, senior NFL reporter with CBS Sports. I know they've been keeping you busy out there in LA. What's the scene like? Hey, Stormy. First of all, it's great great to be on with you and second of all the scene is i mean it's beautiful out here and you know the super bowl it's sort of two different kinds of super bowl that you can get you can get the indianapolis or the new orleans super bowls that are sort of like made for conventions right and everything is usually within walking distance or you get the super bowls that are a little bit more spread out and that's what we're seeing right now in la so it's always hard to say hey there's this buzz going on around town because well there are pockets around town and what actually what town are you actually in um but you know out in the marina del rey santa monica area folks are excited i can say that and you know i'm ready for what i think is going to be a great game no doubt i think everybody agrees that they feel like we've got a great game on tap i was curious in terms of maybe in some of those pockets are we seeing some Bengals fans start to migrate their way into enemy territory you know, it's funny. Well, first of all, there are no Rams fans in Los Angeles. <laughs> I think we all understand. So, so uh, haven't seen any of those, uh, but actually have not seen Bengals fans just yet. And if you do see them, they're probably hanging out in downtown. Um, but, you know, I would have to anticipate they're going to make their way here, if not today, tomorrow. So what is your general feel for the way this game is going to go? Obviously, we've got two teams with such different mentalities coming into the game, right? Because you've got a Los Angeles team that is built to win now. They haven't had a first-round pick since 2016. They're not going to have another one until 2024. But it all goes out the window if they win a Lombardi trophy. They're geniuses. And then you've got a Bengals squad that's got this kind of team of destiny, underdog vibe to them, led by their young quarterback. What's your feel for the big game Sunday? 
You know, you're right, and I think it shows really the parity in the NFL that these two teams, one from Glitz and Glam, L.A., um, can sort of forego draft picks and uh, and build with a bunch of $20 million superstars. And then meanwhile, you have the Cincinnati Bengals, who in many respects are the cheapest NFL team uh, in the entire league, who have put this thing together and put, a, put together quite the turnaround in a couple of years. As far as how the game goes, you know, Cincinnati, Cincinnati wants this game to, they should hope that this game can play out like the AFC championship game, where they can muck it up just a little bit. They can, they can sort of stay in the fight, take some good blows. Uh, but then, like, as we saw there at the end of the first half, not allowing them to get into the end zone, never getting dealt that knockout punch. And so, uh, you know, look for that. The Rams a lot this year have delivered that knockout punch with a deep crossing play action from Matthew Stafford to be at Van Jefferson or Odell Beckham Jr. So uh, I'm going to be on the lookout for something like that. But, you know, the Bengals have uh, perhaps the best safety duo in the NFL in Von Bell and Jesse Bates. Well, I feel like the thing that we keep talking about so much in the media and leading up to this game is the biggest mismatch on paper kind of seems like it's going to be that Rams defensive aggression against an offensive line in the Bengals that struggled. Joe Burrow been the most sacked quarterback in the NFL this year. But at least in that AFC championship game, it seemed like the Bengals front made some adjustments. Are you expecting more of a Kansas City-esque offensive line performance or a Titans one, I guess? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, the Rams are going to be able to, to get to Joe Burrow. And he's been gotten to all season, right, as evidenced by his 50-plus sacks in the regular season and the most the postseason. Um, and there's Aaron Donald and there's Von Miller. So he will be sacked. He will be affected. The, the thing that Joe Burrow is going to have to do, and something that he's done a really good job of, is not letting that one sack defeat the team moving forward. And what I mean by that is, you know, he'll he'll eat the ball, he'll take the sack because he understands that it's not always a bad play. Um, but even when they're in a disadvantaged situation, at second and sixteen, for example, they take it one play at a time, and they can still ultimately convert a first down. So I've really liked his moxie and his mindset on those things. But you know, I covered a Carolina Panthers team in Super Bowl 50 that it didn't seem like there was any way that they could lose that game. And they lost it the one way that they could. And that was letting Von Miller and that Broncos pass rush get to them. And, and that's going to be on Frank Pollock, the offensive line coach of the Bengals to, Hey, if Jonah Williams is struggling, if, if Jackson Carmen or a Dennis J there, right guard, if they're struggling, you've got to figure out how to get them some help. You, you just can't go through the game thinking and hoping that it's going to change in some way because hope is not a plan. I was hoping you could maybe give us a little bit of an update on things that you've heard with regards to the tight ends in this game and their MCL sprains, respectively, Tyler Higby and CJ Uzoma. It seems like at least from what I've heard more optimism with regards to Uzoma. He's talking about taking skyline chili baths. If the Bengals win this thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that there is much more optimism uh, for Uzoma than, than for Higby. Um, and, and that's a good thing for the Bengals. They're going to need him, right? Because uh, really when it comes to yards after the catch, he was the best tight end in the NFL uh, at that, at least from a percentage standpoint. 61% of his receiving yards were yards after the catch this season, and no one uh, that had at least 400 receiving yards had nearly uh, that larger percentage of yak. So uh, he helps out their underneath passing game. He helps out Joe Burrow getting rid of the ball quickly, getting the ball in playmakers' hands and, and doing what they need to do. And then obviously when you need to hit the big one over the top, whether it is Jamar Chase or T. Higgins, those couple of dump-offs to C.J. Uzama have helped open that up. So 
Um, I would be very, very surprised if he is not active for the game. I, I don't see what really the harm is at this point uh, in making sure that you have that fantastic weapon out there. Uh, but am, am I certain that that's going to happen? No, but I would certainly lean that way. As far as Higby, uh, that's the one where I, I just I find it hard to believe he's going to be able to get out there, but maybe. Yeah, that's kind of the vibe that we've kind of gathered as well. He hasn't really been practicing. Sean McVay doesn't seem very optimistic on his end. But with regards to Joe Burrow spreading the ball around, Uzoma has helped open things up, but it seems like whether it is Higgins or Chase or whomever, they find a way to spread the ball out. Is there anybody you're really anticipating having a big day on the Bengals side offensively? You know, it's it's hard to say right now because, we are all wondering where Jalen Ramsey is going to line up. You know, during the season, he lined up a lot in the slot. And then uh, in the postseason, he kicked back out wide like we have sort of known him to be. He doesn't travel with one guy, or at least he never really has. And so um, you can say, well, you've got to watch out for Jamar Chase because he's going to be matched up on Jalen Ramsey a lot. That may not be the case. And, of course, the Rams and Raheem Morris are not going to show their hand on that. And so – um, I, I believe that Jalen Ramsey is the best corner that's doing it in the NFL right now. And so uh, if, if the game begins and we see that he's going to travel, something that he doesn't do or at least hasn't done that much of, uh, then I'd, I'd certainly want to keep an eye on T. Higgins. And then, listen, Tyler Boyd working out of the slot every now and then uh, can absolutely eat as well. But uh, Chase is too good to be held to, you know, four yards and – or excuse me, four catches and – you know, 47 yards. I do think that he will be able to find his pockets and, and get open. His prop set above 75 yards as of right now. Um, we're talking Joe Burrow, and we saw the news earlier this week. Rob Gronkowski said, hey, if he plays again, he would love to play with Joe Burrow. Is that something that could actually be realistic, though, you think? I mean, I I don't know. It feels like Gronk's done, right? And this is always a, a proposition for him that, okay, I'm playing with Tommy, and, and that's going to be that. So um, I would be surprised. But, you know, Gronk, he knows what he's doing. He, he's, a, he's a veteran of these uh, media junkets, and so he knows that he can say something like that, and it's going to get some press clippings and going to go out there, and folks will wonder. Uh, but, no, I, I think he might very well be hanging them up uh, shortly here after Tommy. All right. Uh, before we let you go, if you can, and I understand if you can't, but do you have a score prediction potentially for us? Of course I can, and I will. And I have the Rams 28 to 24. Listen, I've been picking against the Bengals all season. I did not believe in them. Um, and this, this score prediction is a reflection of, I do think it will be a close game. And I do want to respect the Bengals because listen, I've been proven wrong. But I've been proven wrong so many times by this team. So what if I get proven wrong again? So understand that. Take that with that grain of salt. But I have the Rams winning this one by four. So you've got to push then with the Rams minus four as of now. Appreciate you, JJ. Thank you. Thank you. That's our guy, Jonathan Jones, senior NFL reporter for CBS Sports. Really good insight. He is out there in L.A. right now getting ready for Super Bowl 56 at SoFi Stadium. Can the home team go back-to-back, back, winning their respective Super Bowls. Of course, the Bucks hosted and got the dub last year. Can L.A. do it with the Rams? When we come back here on the program, you know what time it is. It's Thursday, Thursday, and Brad Evans, you know, has got the sledgehammer ready.
listening to my guys in the desert with Stormy Bonantoni on VSIN, the sports betting network. You already know VSIN is the best place to get all the betting insights for the big game. And right now you can sign up to get our free big game betting guide. It's a digital guide, gives you trends, strategies, props to watch, tips from our experts when you visit vsin.com. Super Bowl. That's how you get the free guide and get ready for the biggest football betting action of the year. Stormy Bon and Tony with you here on My Guys in the Desert. And before we talk some more Super Bowl, got some college hoops thirsty Thursday action for you. Where, as we do every week, pick the college program we're going to party with tonight. And um, there's not a whole lot to do in Pullman, but you can find some booze to fill up your cup. They just might be upset. I'm going with the favorite against Washington State. I'm taking the number four ranked team in the country, the Arizona Wildcats. They're minus seven right now. I got them at six, but I still would take the current number. Uh, Also have a lean toward that over. But the Wildcats have won each of their last four games by nine or more points since getting embarrassed by UCLA, which, by the way, in that span included their revenge game against the Bruins, beating them by double figures. Arizona historically has won nine straight in Pullman by an average of 14 and a half points. I just think they're too fast and productive offensively for the Cougars to keep up. Arizona tops the Pac-12 and is third in the country in scoring offense, 11th in adjusted efficiency um, offensively. Also one of the best rebounding teams in the country and for as good as Wazoo is out there defensively, tops the Pac-12 in defensive scoring. Um, I just don't think no matter how hard they try to slow things down that they can get it done against Arizona. I'm back in the Wildcats and I'm tossing them back with my favorite cup. If there's anybody who I know is always a gamer for this segment, uh, it's my Tequila Thursday brethren, Brad Evans, uh, EP of gaming content for Bally Sports, host of Stadiums Live on the Line, and of course, the Fade the Noise podcast, at Noisy Huevos on Twitter. My man, do you have the sledgehammer ready for us today? You know I got the sledgehammer with me. I made the trip all the way out to L.A. and Radio Rose for me. So I'm ready to drop the hammer and hopefully make some bucks here in Super Bowl 56. Love it. Cannot wait. But before we do turn our attention totally to Super Bowl 56, I believe you actually have some action in the Pac-12 tonight as well. Not this game, but another one. I do, and, and honestly, I do have a slight lead to Wazoo tonight. No. I'm going to go through the toe. I got a number of six and a half. I mean, it, it's going to be a fascinating game, and I know that Wazoo has played uh, and really feasted on the meek of the Pac-12, but uh, they are the best defensive team in that league, according to adjusted defensive efficiency ranks. And we'll see if Arizona can step up uh, and defend the perimeter, which has been problematic for them at times. So should be a showdown there in Pullman of worth watching, no doubt about it. You and I are going to be glued since we're going to go on opposite sides of the ledger. Uh, but yeah, there is action in the Pac-12 tonight that I like, and I, I like Arizona State tonight. Uh, I took them straight up the money line. You know, this uh, Sun Devils team forks up and been playing much better basketball here of late. Why? Defensive effort, uh, as they have allowed 1.03 points per possession over the last four games in which they've been covering machines, and Really, more importantly, too, uh, they have been making it rain from outside as they have scored 24 triples over the last two games. So uh, I think, you know, the skies open up against Washington. That is a team they can take advantage of given the leaky defense of the Huskies. So I like Arizona State straight up. Those are fun games. Arizona State, Washington, and Arizona, Washington State. Be a good one tonight. We'll be tweeting each other, no doubt. Uh, with regards to the Super Bowl, hope you're having fun out there in L.A. so far. Not too much fun. 
realistically, how how many bets have you already placed on this game? Too many. Uh, I think I'm up to like 13 at the moment. And there's just more and more props that are continuously to surface in the uh, legal sports market uh, that just can, you know, are tracking me and, and sucking me in for more action. So uh, by the time we get the kickoff, it could be like 18, 19. It's the last football game for an eternity. I need to purge. I love it. I love it. Okay, well, let's get started here. We see already on our screen that you like the Bengals plus four and a half. You're back in the dog in this case. Tell me on why. Yeah, look, I, this team's got a lot of swagger, and they are cool as the other side of the pillow, and I think they're a team that is unfazed. Uh, I think they're going to come in with a, a unified game plan. They're going to be able to execute it, and I think more importantly, you know, kind of the underrated notes, about this clash is how well the Cincinnati defense played in the second half against Kansas City. If they could step back in coverage, uh, in which they had eight or more men back in pass coverage, um, 35% of the dropbacks for Patrick Mahomes, if they employ a similar tactic with considerable success, uh, you know, you're going to look at Matthew Stafford as being dazed and confused. Uh, I mean, he's going to be befuddled back there. And as a result, uh, I think this game's going to be lower scoring. I'm on the under of the 48 and a half, and I think Cincinnati's going to hang tough. And in the end, I think it's going to be on the Evan McPherson leg on his foot with the uprights and the Bengals scoring the winners straight up 23 to 20. That's what I got it forecasted for. My favorite bet of the Super Bowl is Evan McPherson over one and a half field goals. Like I am on the oh Evan God, McPherson yes. train. <laughs> oh, dude, I'm with you. I mean, I saw that today. Uh, and like a bet in GM, for example, it's still a, a, you know, an affordable juice at minus 140. So, you know, shop around, obviously. And if you can find anything under minus 150 in your legal jurisdiction, dude, fire off on that. The guy's been money in the bank, uh, and he has got a cucumber cool about him as well. Uh, I think he's going to be genius in this game. No doubt. I'm with you 100%. Okay, let's take the sledgehammer out. What's your favorite prop <laughs> bet that you're hammering hard? It's all the over Joe Mixon, 25 and a half receiving yards. I've seen as low as 24 and a half, as high as 26 and a half. But, you know, Mixon has done this in five consecutive games. Uh, he is going to be the binky, the safety blanket underneath when the pressure ratchets up uh, for Joe Burrow in the pocket. You're going to get him in the slip screen action. You're going to get him in on dump offs. Uh, you're going to get him in uh, design swings, maybe even a wheel route or two. As well, I mean, he's averaging 25 to 30 routes one per game here over this five-game steering stretch that he has been on. Uh, it's going to be a four to six catch game for him. If the script does go negative, and I'm completely wrong, which is more likely going to be the case on the Bengals, that can only benefit this bet. So Mixon, in the end, I think he's going to best this number by a full 10 yards. No question my favorite bet on the board is that over 25 and a half receiving yards. Yet, you like him under his rushing yards. So, thinking he's going to be more effective in the pass game necessarily than being utilized in the every down run game situation. Correct, Mundo. It's exactly right. And, you know, you look at the Rams have been stifling in the trenches. 54 rush yards per game, 3.1 yards per carry allowed in the postseason. And we know how rickety that offensive line can be at times. So it's going to be tough sledding for Mixon between the pipes, but get him out in the flat with his explosivity and creativity, and he should be able to score us a winning ticket on that over on receiving yards. Brad, where did you even find Jamar Chase over two and a half rushing yards? <laughs> it was available at DraftKings for a hot minute, uh, and I've seen the number shift. Some books have it at four and a half right now, others have it at three and a half, but. 
I keep seeing it four and a half. So I was like, two and a half. Where did this man get that? I got it early. I got it early, Stormy. That's what we always say. You got to pounce like a panther on some of those early line dies before the line shift. And that certainly was. And I'll be honest with you. I still like the over on four and a half. That's a single play payday for him on a backwards pass. Uh, or maybe go full Debo and get the carry. And bust went up to God for like a six-yard game. Okay, so in honor of Tequila Thursday, I'm looking at uh, one of the articles you have up, and a special parlay you like is Cooper Cup, 100 or more receiving yards, and one or more touchdowns at plus 150. You wrote, on the big noise barometer, five out of five tequilas drink every last, drink every last drop of the friendly juice. That's exactly right. I mean, this one is spectacular. Uh, so this was offered about six days ago now at DraftKings, and I think the number has shifted. So I'm not sure if this prop is still available, but, yeah, I mean, for a hot minute there, you got it 100-plus and uh, any time touchdown. I think the touchdown is a foregone conclusion. I'm more worried about the yardage, knowing the history that Mike Hilton has had and how well he's defended out of the slot. But, you know, the imagination of Sean McVay has no bounds, and they're going to ship Cooper Cup all over the place to ensure whether zone, whether man, that he's going to get his touches. I'm not betting the over, by the way, on the 106 and a half receiving yards. I think he's going to be in the low 100s, but all I need him to do is hit that century mark, last six, and daddy catches a ticket. <laughs> daddy cashing. Um, I got to figure out, though, what do you think it is about Cooper Cup that makes him be able to be so explosive to get the yards after catch, whatever it is, because everybody tries to stop him. They know what's coming, and no one can do it. It's his precise route running ability. Uh, you know, he is one of the supreme route runners in the league, and that was his calling card going back to his days on the blood-soaked field of Eastern Washington, that <laughs> awful red field that they have. Uh, you know, he was known for, you know, having, you know, the the – Sue chop suey feet, and you know that is transferred beautifully to the next level. And I think he's added some speed. You know, his knock was he wasn't the fastest guy, uh, but you know he, he was more of uh, elusive and imaginative in his abilities to find open space. And now that he has gotten faster, uh, being in a pro program, you know it's the best of all worlds. So this is why he's the king of catches. This is why he is truly elite, and this is why he is going to be hard to stop. For the Bengals. So make sure you have the horse tranquilizers ready. Bengals secondary. Could be a long night. Thank you, Brad. See you, baby. That's Brad Evans. What a guy. Love him so much. And I hope Cooper Cup does do it because I did take the over 104 and a half. When we come back, Derek Stevens live in studio. To my guys in the desert with Stormy Bonantoni on VSIN, the sports betting network. Compete for free with the Modelo Golden Ticket Challenge. Join three UFC contests to fight for your share of $20,000 in total cash and prizes. Plus, find out if you'll walk away with the Modelo Golden Ticket and claim floor seats to every pay-per-view fight for the year. Head to DraftKings.com slash Modelo now to get in on that action. Modelo, the official beer partner of the UFC. No purchase necessary. Must be 21 years or older. Terms and conditions, eligibility, and rules are at DraftKings.com. Please drink responsibly. You're welcome to be back here to my guys in the desert wrapping things up. Real quickly, you know, every Thursday on the program, we challenge different teams, players, etc., to be better. And uh, 
The Islanders actually were a little bit better, by the way. We challenged them the other day, and they scored three goals in under 30 seconds at one point. Got the win last night. But this week, we got to challenge the Oilers to be better again. I feel like I can't get them off this list, but there's no excuse for a group that was a playoff team a year ago, started this season 16-5, and and is led by Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl to now be a net negative goal-scoring group. You just fired your coach earlier. Um, top playmakers need to step up, figure out what you're doing defensively, and the net maybe do something that people wouldn't expect at the trade deadline. Be better. In the NBA, we're challenging the Lakers this week because I can only encourage the Nets to be better so much, and they at least made a move here. Um, let's turn our attention to the Lake Show, who did not. They've lost six of their last eight games, including last night to the Trailblazers, who are a shell of themselves following multiple trades this week. LeBron telling reporters that his group is in a fog right now. Well, time to get out of it. Be better. You got the Warriors on cap coming up Saturday. And lastly, be better. Whichever team wins the freaking coin toss. Wild to think that the team that has won the coin toss has gone on to lose the Super Bowl the last eight times. Step your game up be better as we will do right here right now on the program with owner and CEO here at Circa Derek Stevens in studio with us I can't believe that about the coin toss yeah it's amazing like how much action do you guys take on just the coin I feel like everybody wants to bet that bet for whatever reason you even know, though it's not the really worth of the it. crowd on every coin toss is surprising <laughs> I think I think it's kind of like part of the thing if you're going to go to a Super Bowl party you got to bet the coin toss. So I think that's the bet that uh, almost everybody has. No doubt. Um, I got to ask you about everything that's going to be going on this weekend. I know it's going to be crazy because you guys have events not only here, but at the D, downtown Las Vegas, like so much going on. Yeah, seven uh, seven big game parties, uh, ranging seven. in size from 150 to uh, 8,000. Um, so we're uh, we're getting ready to go. So we've got three retail parties Um uh, Stadium Swim is one of them, the downtown Las Vegas Event Center and the Detroit Ballroom at the D. So we got those. And then we've got four casino uh, customer-invited events. So uh, it's something special. This is the most amount of events we've ever ever had because we, we never had the ability to do these at Circa before. So yeah. uh, we're pretty fired up about it. That's great. I mean, that's why you have the record ice and beer, say, yeah. right? The ice, What the was beer. the final count of, like, pounds of ice you that's guys like had That's like 70,000 pounds of ice. Insane. Crush ice, cube <laughs> ice, shave ice, block ice, cube round balls of ice. It's pretty crazy. Incredible. It's going to be so much fun. Such a scene. And don't forget, even to Super Bowl Sunday, our guys Tim Murray and Sean King are being out there at Stadium Swim. Be on the lookout for their swim trunks. It's going to be a really fun day. The, the whole big game bet cast going on. Um, from the book standpoint, I know that over the last, you know, 24 hours, we saw some books come with a Rams minus three and a half that getting bet down. What happened with you guys? Yeah, you know, we've been hanging a four and a half, 48 and a half since uh, the end of January. So we really, we've never moved. Um, but then, yeah, about two in the morning, East Coast time, uh, all of a sudden, you know, things started moving. And uh, a few books around town moved to a three and a half. We were sitting right. on a four and a half. So, you know, there was a little window where you could have a little bit of a middle. There was actually a money line middle where we were we were posting plus 176 and uh, both William Hill and Caesars went to Rams minus 175. It was a penny difference, but you rarely, rarely see that. Um, and it was just here at uh, 1.54 p.m. Vegas time. So just um, less than an hour ago, we finally uh, we finally uh, capitulated and we moved to a four Made here the at first Circa. Move. 
So we went down to a four. So right now you're finding a lot of three and a halfs out there, a lot of places with four. Um, so we just moved to a four. We, we took a pretty sizable bet this morning um, on the Bengals. And I think what we took is similar to what the rest of uh, the town's taken because uh, I, I think the fact that we were hanging out there a little bit longer with the four and a half, that induced, the, uh, that, induced that big play. So right now it's three and a half, four everywhere. And it, it certainly seems that uh, money's coming in on Cincinnati. I think everybody's wondering when will Ram money show up mm-hmm. or will it? Mm-hmm. It's interesting to me because... You'd think that, I mean, on paper, the Rams should be the better team and they should yeah. win by a chunk, but everybody's got so much faith in the underdog. Joe Burrow continues to cover spreads like crazy throughout this season. And I mean, he did it in college and now he's doing it here. Um, it's going to be a great game. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be a great game. I mean, you got a storyline where, where both, uh, both of uh, the quarterbacks, you can mm-hmm. write the story, you know, and think back and you have a great story with Stafford. You got a great story with Joe Burrow. So it's uh, it's kind of interesting to see how how it's going to play. I do think there's going to be Ram money that's going to show up. Um, I just more I, to Sunday. Yeah, I, I I just think it's gonna it's gonna show up. It might show up a little bit later, um, you know. But the way it's going, I mean, you you could have a three and a half around town, where the plus three and a half and ends up getting juice fifteen or juice juice by twenty. So uh, you know, we just have not seen Rams money mm-hmm. show up. What about in the prop market? Are you seeing people betting more on the the Ram side, or is it kind of Bengals money being taken in on the props as well? Yeah, you know, I think um, based upon what we're seeing on, on the game side of things, we're we're getting a lot a lot of action on uh, on obviously Burrow, Mixon Mixon is right up there with Burrow, and then a little less on Chase because I think people are thinking Chase. You know, there's a little bit of a storyline where well he might get shut down by Jalen Ramsey, so. Um, so right now the mixing the mixing um, uh, props are pretty strong, and then obviously the two quarterbacks are where, where most of the action is. Is that kind of where that sits on like MVP liability as well, or is an Aaron Donald getting a good amount of bets? What do you think? You know, Aaron Donald's not not getting as much as I thought. I mean, everybody's really jumping in on on the quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's um, a quarterback award. It's a, yeah, it's a quarterback award. But you know, on a, on, on a game that goes under. And the Rams defense looks good. And let's say Aaron Donald bats down a couple passes and has a sack. Um, you know, you could make a pretty good argument. I mean, his his odds uh, his odds currently. Uh, I think what we're seeing here on the graphic. Where are we here? Donald, uh, I see sixteen to one. Yeah, sixteen. And 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 we did see a little Von Miller earlier today. Mm-hmm. Um, and as much as you know, he dominated that uh, Super Bowl a few years ago. Yeah, uh, he's got that Super Bowl MVP pedigree. Yeah, <laughs> and, and at forty-five to one, I mean, it's a, it's kind of a legit uh, legit uh, prop shot right there. The one thing that surprised me a little bit is the sack numbers because you know the Rams are set at three and a half. Um, the game total for sacks five and a half, and I feel like so many people are betting overs on that because of you know, the issues that the Bengals have had with their offensive line and the success, obviously, that the Rams have had. But the Rams haven't had more than three and a half sacks in a single postseason game yet. Yeah, the um, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, after what happened with uh, with Burrow getting sacked, what was it, nine or ten nine times, times? Nine times oh. a couple of weeks ago. Um, yeah, you're seeing a little bit of that. One of the other props I think that's pretty interesting is will either quarterback have a rushing play for 15 yards or more? And okay. uh, and that's getting a lot of play, mostly on the yes or over. I like that. Um, but neither quarterback has had one this. I postseason. could see. I think I could see Joe Burrow being the more likely of the two to do that. Matt Stafford's kind of a statue a little bit. Right. Um, 
but I but don't you, know. You can send people deep, and yeah. you know, all of a sudden the middle opens up. You never know. I like it. You got to talk to me about squares. I remember um, last week when we talked, you said that there was a lot of movement early on yeah. some of those value numbers. So how, how's the betting public taken on squares? Yeah, you know, on squares where you, you have the last digit of each team, we're doing four pools. We're doing a first quarter, second quarter, third quarter, and full game. And uh, now when we look at it, um, almost every number in each pool has changed. Really? Uh, yeah, the, the, the handle on circus squares is uh, stunning. That's far and away. Um, Were you the, surprised by that? No, we you know we we invented it three years ago, and 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 last year we were we were kind of blown away. First year we didn't know what to expect. Last year we were kind of blown away, and this year is going to just blow through that number. And now we've got it in Iowa, we've got it in Colorado, um, but uh, but for sure for us, uh, Circus Squares will be the most bet prop. I mean, it's it's stunning. What, uh, was, do you have any of the numbers on hand on like what the most bet number is? I, I think you're starting to see. I think we brought up the other day is uh, that zero zero in zero. the first quarter is uh, is uh, is a pretty interesting one. The first quarter is where you know you don't have as much variance. So so a lot of people are betting things with the threes, right. the sevens. There's been a couple sixes come in, but we saw we saw some pretty big handle on that just mm -hmm. this morning as people are coming in. It took everything in my being not to ask you your side on the game because I know you're holding it in. Is it still a secret? Well. My side of my game is changing by the minute. I can okay. tell you that's going to that's gonna keep changing until kickoff. But I would tell you, of course, I'm a Matt Stafford fan. I'm a Lions fan. Uh, uh, Nicole's got a special outfit with a lot of number nines all over okay. it coming out. All right. I love it. Thank you so much, Derek. Thanks. You're awesome. As always, it's Derek Stevens, the man with a plan in charge here at Circa. That's going to do it for my guys in the desert. Danny Burke and Rush Hour coming up after this.